The Healing Word Program is a ministry of the Largo Community Church, where Christ is honored and people are loved. We invite you to join us in worship this Sunday at either the 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock service. For more information, visit our website at largocc.org. Friend, think of yourself today, who you are, your redemption, your salvation. Blessed are those who have redemption, who have salvation. Blessed are those who have that wonderful experience in the Lord. You are blessed, wonderfully blessed, abundantly blessed, forever blessed. Hey, I know your neighbor is way far from you, but turn over and holler at her or holler at him and say, you are blessed. Now give a testimony. Tell him, I am blessed. On today's Healing Word, we are returning to Matthew chapter 5, where we find Jesus teaching the disciples about being blessed. Pastor Jack Morris is here. He's going to focus on two specific behaviors, righteousness and mercy, and how those acts are so critical in our Christian walk. The very first official word of the New Testament, or the very first official word of Jesus' first recorded sermon is the word blessed. Can you put that on the screen? There it is, blessed. The Greek word is makarios. Makarios comes from a root, M-A-K, mak, indicating large or of long duration. Makarios simply means the favor of God, the blessing of God, happiness, and a joy that is deeper than life. A joy that will reach us even in our pain. And notice, coming from the root, meaning it is large, a large blessing and of long duration. This blessing is not a flash in the pan. We don't just get blessed and 15 minutes later, you know, it sort of wanes away. No, it's a lifelong thing in good times and times that aren't so good. The blessing of God is there. The scripture says that we are blessed when we realize that we are spiritually poor. Blessed are the poor. Poor in spirit, not poverty as related to finances or material things. But in our spirit, we realize that we do not have God, but there is eternity in our hearts. There's something that is telling us that there is more to life than just the here and the now that we are presently experiencing. This is the blessing of God, friend, your blessing, your blessing, your blessing. And it is a blessing of eternal duration. And it has already started. And so let it get a hold of us today. And let's reach out by faith and get a hold of this blessing and just sort of pull it. Pull it toward us. Pull it into us. The blessing of God. Blessed are the poor in spirit. I realize that I'm lost. I realize that I have nothing to commend myself to God. I am poverty stricken in my present state of being. I'm poor in my spirit. And what a terrible experience to be lost and know that I'm lost. It's, it's something more than just knowing that 
uh, I'm lost and I'm able to say I'm lost, but, but I feel it. It's inside me and, and it's a very uncomfortable feeling. And I, I feel so convicted or convinced. That's what the word convict means. It means I'm convinced and I feel that. That I'm, I'm convinced that I'm lost, that I need a savior, but I don't know how to have a savior. I don't know how to get to a savior. I'm just poor in spirit. And then it says, blessed are those that mourn. I begin to mourn. I, I'm mourning over my lost place in God. And maybe I need to mourn today as a Christian because I'm allowing the world to sort of draw me away from that closeness. I had with the Lord and I don't, don't feel the enthusiasm or the excitement. It's sort of, I can go to church. I, I can stream. I, I can read the Bible once in a while and sort of come see, come saw. I, I know I'm still saved. I'm going to go to heaven when I die, but <clears throat> I'm just not turned on to spiritual things anymore. It, it just doesn't have that seek first the kingdom of God experience. It's just, just not there like it used to be. And I've got to be honest with myself. I can't fool myself. I certainly can't, can't fool God. So I mourn over the, what the world might be doing to me and that I need to draw to the Lord and come back to God. And then blessed are the meek. All of these are blessed of long duration, of largeness. I'm, I'm submitted to God or I'm not submitted to God. That's what being meek is. I'm going to obey the Lord, Moses and Jesus, the two meekest men on earth, but the two perhaps, well, certainly Jesus was the strongest of all that ever lived, but he knew when to speak and he knew when not to speak. He knew when to do the uh, what was needed to be done and when to wait. He waited when Lazarus died and he had a purpose in that. So, friend, uh, don't get uh, too excited or too hurt or, or, or begin to feel that maybe you, you, the Lord isn't paying enough attention to you. Uh, but uh, he is. And if he's waiting, uh, there, there is either something that I need to do or prepare to receive the blessing. But I, I feel that perhaps uh, the blessing doesn't come because I'm not prepared to receive it. I mean, I've been going just like you, just a hundred miles an hour every, every hour, just, just going, going, going. And, and then all of a sudden, oh God, I, I, I need to pray. I need to get to the Lord. Here you're here. It's Sunday again already. And, uh, but I, I need to look to the Lord and allow him to look into my heart and examine me and talk to me and draw me and pull me toward him. Now, if you have your Bibles open, let's look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Do we have that for the screen? Maybe we don't, but if you have it, Matthew. Oh, yeah. Okay. Where are we here? Okay, let, let, let's, let's read the whole thing together. Come on. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will obtain mercy. Now, the latter part. Blessed, Marcarius, those that are seeking something 
of everlasting, something of duration. Everything is passing away here, even our lives. But blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. It's almost the original has, I'm, I'm starving for God. I have such a hunger and such a thirst. Jesus said to the woman at the well, you drink this water, you're going to thirst again. But, but in reading this in the original, it's like I, I, my throat is parched, uh, physically speaking. And so I, I need God. I want God. I'm seeking God. I'm without God and God must come to me or I will not have God. But he is ready to come to me and to bless me. I'm seeking the Lord with a great hunger and a great desire after righteousness. Now notice what it says. Blessed are those, those, those who have been redeemed, those who have been saved. Friend, think of yourself today, who you are, your redemption, your salvation. Blessed are those who have redemption, who have salvation. Blessed are those who have that wonderful experience of the Lord. You are blessed, wonderfully blessed, abundantly blessed, forever blessed. Hey, I know your neighbor is way far from you, but turn over and holler at her or holler at him and say, you are blessed. Now give a testimony. Tell him, I am blessed. <laughs> blessed forever. Blessed forever. We need to remind ourselves of that wonderful blessing that is ours for all eternity, a special blessing. Now, this hungering and thirsty, we can lose that desire. We can lose that spiritual appetite. How do we keep it? I've been thinking about it for days now. How do I keep that spiritual appetite alive? I can't just say, I need it, you need it, we must have it. No, Okay, fine, I agree with all of that. But tell me how to keep it going. Well, I talk to people, and sometimes people tell me, I don't eat breakfast in the morning. I just don't eat breakfast. And I find out why. Well, if I eat breakfast, I'm, I get hungry before noon. And I notice myself, I eat breakfast at about 10 o'clock, I want a snack. And so I snack. And then come 12 o'clock, I want something to eat. So I keep the hunger alive by feeding it. If I feed myself with natural food, then after a while, my stomach empties and I want food again. By eating, I create hunger after, or hunger is created after a period of time. And so it is with the word of God. Read the word of God, go to church, love God, serve God, and you're going to want God. You're going to then hunger and thirst after God. But if we become lax and uh, indifferent, uh, not on purpose, not at all, no. Uh, But if that happens, and that surely happens to a lot of Christians. Pastor Morris will return in a moment with the conclusion of today's message following this important invitation to join us in worship this Sunday at the Largo Community Church in Bowie, Maryland 
at either the 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock service to experience a wonderful fellowship of believers and faith-building messages based on God's Word that is sure to encourage your faith and spiritual formation in Christ. The church is located at 1701 Enterprise Road in Bowie, Maryland. For more information, visit our website at largocc.org. Now, let's join Pastor Jack Morris for the conclusion of today's message. C.S. Lewis, I don't know whether you've heard of him or not, but he's in heaven now. He was a professor at uh, Oxford University and Cambridge University in London, England. And for many years, uh, C.S. Lewis was an atheist. He didn't believe in God at all. But he had a wonderful conversion experience. Friend, when you have it, (laughs) when you really have it, then you really have it. When you have Jesus... You really have Jesus. He had a conversion experience, and what a born-again man. And he kept right on teaching in the universities, uh, medieval history. What a great man. This is what he said, and he had a lot of these little sayings. He said, aim at heaven, and you get earth thrown in. (laughs) But aim at earth, and you get neither. Earl was aiming at earth. One time he was aiming at heaven. Had a family in love, joy, peace, church, fellowship. Everybody loved him and his wife. But then something happened. The devil sowed a seed and it sprouted and it grew. Just like the enemy talked to Eve. Friend, give a listening ear. Turn a roving eye. You're going to hear and see what you're listening for and what you're looking for. So what I asked a question a little while ago, what do you really want out of life? Your life has gone a long way already. If you're ever going to get it, you better get it now. And you better seek the blessing. That blessing that is of long duration. That blessing that is very large. Listen to what it says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 and 26. Let us consider... It's time to stop and think about this just a little bit. Ten years, a steep church decline, church attendance decline. Those are my words. Steep decline. Not not my words. (laughs) They're not my words. Steep decline. Then that wasn't enough for the enemy. Then COVID comes and hits, and we have to close churches down and uh, now we're just gradually, gradually beginning to, to open up again. We need to consider what the enemy has done. But now that the ch- not only did he close the doors of the churches, but he took our hymnals. He took our Bibles. We don't have hymnals nor Bibles. Friend, look out. The devil is stripping the church down. Who? You. Me. Now, You know I like to sing out of hymnals. This is certainly a sign that hymnals are to be used in worship. I really believe that. I'm not condemning the churches that have done away with hymnals and they just have contemporary music anymore. Not condemning those churches at all. But I'm saying if hymnals didn't serve a very big purpose in worship, they'd have still been in here. But everything that helps people to 
know God and serve God, including the red back Bibles, have been taken out. If I've ever been convinced that the church needs to sing the hymns of Fanny Crosby and Charles Wesley, I'm convinced now because the devil took it away from us. They're all stacked back there. We're going to get them all back again. We're going to get them all back. I don't want to be dismal today. Maybe I am being too dismal. I don't know. But I am being factual. Too many people are experiencing what Earl and his wife experienced. I don't even know whether they're alive today. They were young, a lot younger than I, I was back then or am now. But let, let us consider, notice, what are we to consider? Are you listening? Come on, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Oh, we, we know how to stir up one another with gossip and pointing out people's faults and failures. Boy, I, I wrote something sometime back and sent it out in the constant contact. It's been maybe a year ago now. And I don't till this day know what I wrote. But boy, it did stir up some people. Let us consider stirring up one another to love. To love. Listen to this. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. I want to help you. And I know you want to help me, but there were some that didn't want to help me. (laughs) They were waiting for the tragic end. But God has a plan. God is on the throne. Jesus said, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Friends, you're a Christian. Watch out that you don't become an instrument in the devil's hands. And Jesus, as he said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Everything that glitters is in gold, friend. Come on, consider some of this. Don't be so naive. Now, this is what we're to consider. One another, to stir one another up and to good works. Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some. Paul is talking to Christians. It's a habit that we get into. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another as all the more as you see the day drawing near. The enemy knows that the day is drawing near. Your life and my life is drawing near. Everything is drawing near. So, friends, if you're going to get with it, come on, get with it now. You're not going to have another opportunity, maybe, or at least a better opportunity. Merciful. We need to know that God has been merciful to us. We need to be merciful now to one another and to love one another as he loves us. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Come on, we need to consider one another. We need to stir one another up to love. We need to be God's people. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Are we on course? Are we on course? Okay. Let's go forward with the Lord, trusting God with all our hearts, being merciful. Uh, There are people that are going to do, I'm talking about Christians, some things that may not be Christians. You have not been called of God to point that out or to talk about it through email and telephone and whatever. God didn't call us 
God called us to stir one another up to love. That's what we've been called to do. Friend, we've got to find out and determine who we are and why we're here to be the church united. And God will bless and help us. Sometimes people will do things that are, are not pleasing to us and maybe not even a, act as Christian. I remember this man so long ago that uh, he was very ill. Ten days he was in the hospital. He was in and out of the hospital, in and out of the hospital. In ten days, I'm talking about in and out. He'd go home, have to take him back, go home, have to take him back again. And on all kinds of medication. And the, the man, Christian man, became very irritable. Very irritable. You know, the, the, the central nervous system can only take so much. He became very irritable. And he lashed out at his wife. And, uh, oh, it hurt her so. Just, just about killed her. Lashed out at her. And he, he just kept it up. I mean, he, he was just losing everything, this sick man was. And so I w- went to the hospital. And I went into the, and talked to the social worker and said, we've got to do something for this lady. This man is, is, is acting so mean and so nasty. And that's not him. That's not him. He's a good man. And then I went to the doctor and I said, doctor, would you please call this man's wife and tell him, tell her that her husband is ill, that she's just about to break under this. Would you call her, please? I'm the pastor. And the doctor called the lady and told her, your husband is coming back spiritually. He's coming back uh, uh, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. He's going to be okay. Your marriage is going to be all right. Middle-aged couple. Friend, a little mercy. Anybody could have poured a, hey, he's backslidden. Any man would treat his wife like that. No, friend, we have received mercy. And righteousness has come to us through Jesus. Let's do the right thing. Let's show mercy. Let's stir one another up to love. Let's seek God. And if it's not there now, all we need to do is to acknowledge it and say, God, I need some spiritual help. And friend, it'll happen. That spiritual help will be there. You will again know that blessing that passeth all understanding. It'll come upon you. You'll feel it in your heart. It'll enhance your living and your lifestyle. Friend, it doesn't come like Earl thought it was going to come. And it never did come to him, to my knowledge. It never came back because he never came back. But today, you and I can come back. We can talk to God out of an honest, transparent heart and the blessing of God will come. I want you to leave blessed today. More than that, God wants you to leave blessed with that blessing that endures, that large blessing. I remember the dentist that I spoke to you about last Sunday, I believe it was. After church one day, but now his wife is, is back. She gives her heart to the Lord because that man stayed true to God. He was meek, but he had strength. And after church was over, everybody was left, gone out on the parking lot. That was the other church I used to pastor years ago. He came back in. He said, Pastor, may I have a hymnal? Sure. 
I don't, I don't know whether, I guess he took one. I don't know whether. He wanted to go home and use that hymnal to praise the Lord. Friend, hymnals are inspired of the Holy Spirit. And now we think we've got something better. John Wesley traveled thousands of miles on horseback. And in his saddlebag, he had two books, the Bible and the hymnal. Bible he would teach from, the hymnal he would worship from. Come on, friends. Let's be God's worshiping people and know his power and his presence. Isn't it a blessing to know that God has mercy on us, forgiving our sins and placing us in right standing with him? I invite you to look for opportunities to forgive and have mercy on others, just as God has done for us. Doing so will bring about a bountiful harvest of joy and contentment and will draw you closer to the Lord. Be sure to tune in Monday at the same time for another edition of The Healing Word. Until then, blessings on you.